Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to the Nope Too Creepy podcast. This month's megasode will feature one long, epic story. Darby is a young man with a normal life, or so he thought. After making a grim discovery in his childhood home, Darby begins to slowly unravel the truth about his upbringing and the sinister nature of his family. Written by Reddit user as Death Beckons, here is, I found my suicide note from years ago. I didn't write it. I'm a pretty happy guy. I left state for college after high school, got a degree in psychology, and now I work at a counselor for high school-aged kids. My little brother, Mac, is happily married with a two-year-old son, which makes my mom turn her attention to me, heckling me about when I'll be able to give her more grandbabies. Life has been very good, but I've recently discovered something that may turn everything upside down. My dad needed help cleaning out the attic, something which he said hadn't been done since Reagan was in office. I agreed to help, but my brother wouldn't be joining us since he had to work. I had only been in the attic a handful of times throughout my entire childhood, so being up there again felt surreal. Dust and cobwebs coated every box, chair, and trinket in sight. I almost had two heart attacks thanks to a couple of rats scurrying around, but my father and I managed to sort through a lot of things, figuring out what was needed and what could be thrown away. While my dad took a break, going down to the kitchen for a drink with my mom, I continued to curiously scour the attic. That's when something caught my eye. It was one of my old comic books, lying unceremoniously on an end chair in the corner. I picked it up, waves of nostalgia surging through me as I admired the front cover, which depicted my favorite superhero, the Hulk, raising a car over his head, his teeth clenched. It had to be almost 15 years since I'd last seen that book, I was surprised at how good a condition it was in. The rats hadn't touched it. I flipped it open and began thumbing through the pages, enjoying a little piece of the past that had been forgotten. As I neared the middle of the book, however, a single sheet of white paper, folded horizontally, slipped out and drifted slowly to the floor coming to land at my feet. I kept a finger on the last page I had stopped on, so as not to lose my place, and bent down to pick up the paper. Opening it, I began to read the message that had been written. I can't take it anymore. I wish that someone could understand what I'm going through, but no one ever will. Mom, I love you so much, and I hate to do this to you, but it's the only option I have. Dad, you did your best for me and Mac, but still, 
I have to go. By the time you read this, I know that it will be done. Don't tell my friends the truth about what happened. Don't bury me, either. I don't want to be worm food. Mac, you are the best brother in the world, and just know that this is not your fault. I'll be singing with the angels and watching over all of you from now on. Love, Darby I stared at the note for a long time after I finished reading. I read it again and again, not knowing whether or not this was a joke. If it was, then it was cruel, and I didn't think that anyone I knew was capable of doing such a thing. I stared harder at the words. My heartbeat hammered against my ribcage as I pondered the possibility of the note being legitimate. The handwriting was very similar to my own, and it was written in orange ink, which was my favorite color pen to use whenever I would write in my journal or when I would write stories when I was younger. My head was spinning. Could it be possible that I had written this and simply suppressed it in my memory? I couldn't recall any negative experiences that could have made me consider killing myself, and I was sure that seeing something like this would cause such experiences to come back to me. But they didn't come. Hey Darbs? I jumped, spinning around and hiding the note instinctively behind my back. My dad was standing near the entry to the attic, a confused look on his face. Everything okay? Yeah, Dad, I'm fine, thank you. Just, uh, a little thirsty. I guess I should have taken my break, too. You mind grabbing me a glass of water? One glass of water, coming right up. He replied, but as he descended the stairs, I could see him watching me closely. As soon as he was out of sight, I folded up the note into a square and stuffed it into my pocket. I waited until I finished my water before telling my dad I needed to get some errands done and that I would have to help him finish the attic another time. I went home and immediately tried comparing the handwriting in the note to my own. My current handwriting was a lot neater, but I could totally imagine myself as a teenager or a preteen writing the way this message was written. Then again. If someone had been trying to copy my handwriting style, then that would explain the slight differences. After a couple of hours of questioning my childhood, I decided to just sleep on it. Maybe I would call my brother and ask him if he remembered anything traumatic happening when we were younger. I laid in bed for hours, but just as I was about to drift off, I received a text message from my mother. It read, You found it, didn't you? And you thought your family had issues, huh? Before we jump back into the story, I just want to make a really quick shameless plug. If you're enjoying the story, or if you've become a regular listener, it would help me greatly if you spread the word by sharing an episode with a friend 
or leaving a review on whatever platform you're listening on if they allow you to do so. This will help the show find new listeners, and that just may give me the opportunity to create more content. Everybody wins, right? Anyway, that's enough self-promotion for now. Let's get back to the story. I stared down at my phone screen, the only source of light in my pitch black room. I was frozen in shock, not sure what to say or do. This wasn't right. It was well past two in the morning. My mother had never texted me this late before. I let the screen fade to black and once again was submerged in darkness. The creak of my fan spinning above me only put me more on edge, and I remained lying in my bed, completely numb. Surely she hadn't noticed that I had discovered this little piece of paper that had been hidden away in an old comic book for more than a decade. What the hell were the chances of that? Then again, my father had definitely noticed my discomfort and skittishness in the attic. I was even more anxious now. Maybe my mother was talking about something else. Maybe she was referring to the comic book itself, or something that she thought may have been of value to me worth taking notice. That still didn't explain why she needed to text me about something so trivial at 2.30 in the morning. My phone buzzed again, the screen illuminating my face and making my hand jerk in surprise. My phone flew into the air, and I leapt, catching it before it could land on the floor. I looked at the next message. Are you awake, hon? No, mom, I am not awake. I decided at that moment I would leave her on unread all night and reply in the morning. I knew how suspicious it would be if I responded at this time of night, even if I played dumb. A good night's rest was needed anyway for me to deal with this dilemma that was now at the forefront of my mind. I placed my phone on my nightstand and pulled my covers tightly around myself. I don't know when sleep came but I awoke to the sound of my phone buzzing again very soon after. An immense torrent of dread poured on me as I read the message. I didn't want to have to do this. No, this had gone way too far. This was my mother texting me for crying out loud. It was time to man up and get to the bottom of this. I unlocked my screen and tapped mom to call her. That was when I heard my mother's melodic ringtone down the stairs. She was inside of the house. I sat up in bed, terror engulfing me like it had never done so before. I heard the sound of heavy footsteps rushing quickly up the stairs along with the ringtone which played like a swan song for my final moments. I had nothing to defend myself with. My dad had guns, but I never wanted to touch one of those things in my life. 
I tried to hop out of bed, maybe find a hiding spot, but in my haste in the dark, I slipped, my phone flying through the air and landing on the other side of the room. My bedroom door burst open, and I heard someone run in. What the fuck? I was hit in the mouth, and judging by the power behind the blow, I knew I was dealing with a man. I kicked out, trying to knock him off his feet, but he came down on me, striking me twice in the face. I threw a punch of my own, blindly in the dark, and connected with what I was sure was the man's throat. The last thing I remember was hearing him cough before he knocked me out. I woke the next day feeling groggy as hell. My head was ringing and there was dry blood in my mouth. The sunlight streaming in through the curtains did nothing to remedy the situation. I sat up slowly, looking all around the room to see whether or not I was alone. It seemed that I was. The first thing I needed to do was call the police. Looking across the room, however, I saw that my phone was gone. That made my head hurt even more. Glancing towards the nightstand, where I had stashed the suicide note, I saw that it was wide open. Now my head was surely going to burst open. Someone who had been carrying my mother's phone had actually come into my house, assaulted me, and stolen my phone and the suicide note. This was all too much. I knew I needed to record this somewhere. I needed to before I suffered any memory loss from the beating I had taken. I went down to the kitchen, grabbed a knife, and walked around my house just to be sure my assailant had left. Nothing was out of place or stolen. Whoever it was that came in the night had thrown a rock through one of my windows, but the hole was barely large enough to fit a person inside. This didn't make any sense. Why hadn't I heard the smashing? Then I noticed the back door. I was nearly 100% sure that I had locked it the day before. Now, however, it was unlocked. I knew I needed to get in contact with the police immediately. I went to my laptop and recorded the series of events up to this point. Upon finishing up, I walked over to my neighbor's house, an ice bag held to my forehead. I used his phone to call the cops, and he let me sit on his porch as we waited for them to arrive. When they did, they asked me a series of questions about what exactly had happened. This was the most difficult part for me. I wasn't sure how the person who had taken my mother's phone had gotten inside the house, whether they were sent by her, or if it was even my dad I had been fighting the night before. But I love my parents. I didn't want to drag them into this or incriminate them, yet. So I lied. 
I told the cops I had no clue who would want to steal my phone. I made no mention of the note. They dusted for fingerprints on my back door and let the medical team patch me up. Once I was cleared, the officers gave me a card with my case number and told me they'd keep a squad car in the area. I knew what I had to do next, even if I didn't want to. I drove to my parents' place and was surprised to see that there were a couple of cop cars sitting in their driveway as well. Fear stabbed me like a cold knife as I darted out of my car into the open front door. One of the cops, standing near the stairs, spun around and raised his gun. Freeze! Put the damn gun down, that's my son, my father yelled angrily. And I could see him, my mother, my brother Mac, and my nephew Elliot all at the kitchen table. There were three other officers there in addition to the one pointing his gun at me. He lowered it and looked at me sternly. You don't run into a crime scene like that. That's how people get hurt. A crime scene? Mom, Dad, is, is everything okay? Mom was still in her bathrobe. Elliot was looking down at a coloring book, flipping through the pages, and Mac was shaking. Someone broke in last night, muttered my dad, his eyes piercing. Mac was helping me finish the attic, so he and Ellie spent the night here. Thank God that bastard didn't hurt my grandson, or I'd never forgive myself. It's my fault, Dad, mumbled Mac, his voice hoarse. I, I went outside for a smoke, and I forgot to lock the back door. It was too easy for that asshole to come in here. He stole our phones and the Blu-ray player from the living room, said my mom, staring down at the floor. He must have been planning to take the TV too, because he came back. Mac was going to the bathroom and ran into the guy. He fought him, but the guy got away. He was very careful and methodical. None of us heard a thing until the altercation. I looked at my brother. He had cuts on both arms, and glancing over at the smashed glass that had been the coffee table, I could see why. Mac's right fist was busted up as well, and was swelling up pretty badly. Someone broke into my place too. They all glanced at me. Same thing, basically beat me up and took my phone. My mother and father looked at each other, then back at me. The police officers took a look at the card that the other officers had given me for my incident, took a few more notes, then left. Mac had refused medical attention. My mother hugged me as my father stood up shaking his head. Mac held Elliot close as though afraid someone might come back into the house. Did you text me last night, Mom? Before your phone was stolen? Her eyes narrowed as she looked at me, 
No, honey, I didn't. We all sat in silence for a moment. Hulk smash! Giggled Elliot loudly. And that was when I noticed what book he was flipping through. It was my Incredible Hulk comic book. Oh man, it is getting real now. Will Darby find a way out of this? We'll have to just wait and see. But first, a really quick ad. If you're looking for some new threads for the gym, check out Divinity Activewear. Divinity has an assortment of tops that feature the gods of ancient civilizations, including the Greeks, the Norsemen, the Mayans, the Yoruba, the Assyrians, and more. Go to DivinityActiveWear.com and use promo code NOPE, that's NOPE, N-O-P-E, at checkout, and you'll save 50% off your next order. Unleash the warrior within with Divinity. And the ad is done. Sit back and enjoy the epic conclusion of the story. I had reached my conclusion. At this point, it was very clear to me who had written the suicide note in the first place, broke into my house, kicked my ass, and left me bleeding on the floor. I pretended as though everything was okay as the day went on. I would steal discreet glances at my brother whenever he wasn't paying attention, wondering why he had written the note in the first place. What could I have possibly done to him growing up? Sure, he was definitely more like Dad, a macho man who liked playing sports and going hunting. Dad was a retired construction worker, and my brother had followed his footsteps. I, however, had always been more like mom, bookish, clever, and a people person. The reason I had gotten into psychology was due to the fact that it was her line of study too. Despite our differences, however, my brother and I never had any issues. At least I thought so, until recent developments. My brother's wife, Veronica, showed up later in the day. My mom and Mac both decided to take naps, but my dad insisted on staying awake and sitting in his favorite chair with a pistol in his lap. I'll give that asshole something to steal, he said as he stared through the window into the front yard. He lasted all of five minutes before he was snoring just as loudly as Mac was upstairs. Veronica asked if I wanted to go to the park with her and Elliot, but I declined. Once she pulled out of the driveway, I knew that I had my chance. I grabbed Mac's keys from the counter and snuck out to his truck. Though he had tossed a jacket over them, I found quite the collection of things in a box. For starters, my mom's, dad's, Max and my own cell phone were all there. My house key, which I figured had been easy for Mac to swipe from my parents, was there. And there were three different books. 
I glanced towards the house, just to be sure I was still alone, and then examined the books closely. One of them was falling apart and covered in dust, clearly from the attic. The title read, La Livre de Controle de Henderson, and looked to have been written in French, though in later pages of the book, English had been scrawled. I didn't bother reading. The other two books were the real bread and butter, because I recognized one of them. I hadn't seen the red cover in years. It was my journal, which I had stopped writing in when I was probably 15 or 16 years old. The third book was green, with the name Mac scribbled sloppily in the front. I swiped both journals and all of the cell phones. If I found answers, I would need to get the police involved as quickly as possible. I couldn't risk Mac waking up and leaving the house with the phones in his possession. I made my way to the backyard and hid my own and my mom's phone under a few rocks near the back door. These were the ones that were most important in the event something happened to me. I knew the cops would search the premises for clues. This evidence seemed to incriminate my mother, but I knew all it would take was a fingerprint examination to discover that my brother had been the one at my house last night. I found a secluded spot behind a tree and flipped open my brother's journal. There were mostly the typical things you'd expect a kid to write about, but there were other strange things sprinkled in too. Grandpa says I'm not good enough to carry the family legacy. He says I will never be more than a sheep. Darby is their favorite. I know it. Dad takes me hunting, but Darby is the one who brings home good grades and awards. Mom even says he is too smart. I don't remember doing my chores, but Darb says I did them. I think I have memory loss or, or cancer or something. I forget doing a lot of things. Maybe Dad will take me to the hospital. As Mac got older, however, his journal entries began to focus on regular things teenage boys would write about. I didn't find anything cruel or any sort of jealous words about myself in those pages. I then turned my attention to some orange-inked entries from my own journal. Dad took Mac out of school early to go and watch the baseball game. That's fine with me. Grandpa says I don't have time for sports. He says he will teach me the family way when I get old enough. Grandpa died in his sleep. I've been crying all night, but Dad says everything will be okay. I asked him if he will teach me the family way, but he didn't know what I was talking about. Mom has been trying to teach me some weird words. But all I remember is Cis Nivere, Plaimoi, and something like Dulare. I'd much rather go to the science fair today. I think she knows it. Mom says I need to stop 
but I'm better at this than her anyway. She can barely make Dad mow the lawn when he doesn't feel like it anymore. I can make Mac do whatever I tell him to. If he was smart, I would make him do my extra credit work, but I know Miss Norris would fail me. Though she can resist it sometimes, I can make my mom do things too. Mac and Dad don't remember when they are under my control, but Mom does. I'm pretty sure Mom threatened me today. She says that unless I renounce my ways, or ilonge mon esprit, then something bad will happen. I don't want her to hurt Dad or Mac, so I may go through with it. I'm not afraid for myself. I know she can't control me. That was the last entry in the journal. To my horror, I realized that I had managed to remember only the orange ink from my past. Nothing about any of this had ever been recollected in my mind. What the hell was really going on here? I felt a sharp blow to the back of my head. Stunned, I slumped over, and then my brother was on me again. Mac's eyes seemed so void of emotion as he reared back his fist, hitting me several more times. Once I was dazed enough, he began binding my legs together with rope. In my daze, I could make out my mother standing slightly behind him, surveying me with cold eyes. I wanted to say something, but my mouth was numb again and my mind was slow. Once Mac tied my wrists behind my back, Mom muttered, La Mason, and he hauled me into the house by my collar. I was regaining my senses as he threw me hard onto the floor. He then stood back, crossing his arms his swollen fists now bleeding. Mom! Mom, what the hell's going on? I spat in anger. My mother had her arms crossed as well. Dad was still fast asleep in his chair, his gun slowly slipping out of his grip. You forced me to do this, Darby. You've always had the family talent. I'll give it to you. You probably didn't even need the damn book to invade the minds of weaker people. I thought my father and grandmother were adept at it. But you took to it to greater levels. You even made teachers give you grades you didn't deserve. Though you were so smart, none of that was even necessary. I was wary of you. But once you started dipping into my mind, well... That couldn't do. Dad! I yelled, and my father jerked awake, the pistol falling onto the floor. He took one look at us, but before he could even open his mouth, my mother shouted, Somamil! My dad's eyes dimmed, and he fell to the floor, apparently in a deep sleep. I turned back to this woman, who I didn't recognize anymore. 
So, what now, huh? Are you gonna kill him too? She shook her head. Oh, no. I can easily wipe his mind. But you, darling. Well, you have reached the end of the line. I showed you mercy the first time. Even after you wiped your own memories, I still considered having your brother kill you. Even if the police connected the dots and figured out that you didn't do it to yourself, well, Mac would be the one doing time, not me. But I let you live. I let you prosper. I wanted you to give me grandchildren to train in the family art. But you don't have balls, apparently. I suppose Elliot will have to do. Maybe he has more willpower than his musclehead father. I was very aware of the pistol lying a few feet behind me. I only needed to stall a little longer. So why am I alive right now? You could have had Max snap my neck in the yard. You hid the phones. I'm gonna need those back, Darbs. And you're going to write a suicide note yourself this time. There are other ways I can make you do things. She turned towards the kitchen, where my father's toolbox sat open on the counter. I took this opportunity to leap for the gun. I landed right next to it, but before I could even get a grip on it, Mac kicked me in the back and bent down, picking it up for himself. Well, that just cost you an ear. I was going to have your brother start with your toes, but you just had to be Clint Eastwood, didn't you? I shouted the first words that came to my mind. Plea moi! My brother relaxed now, as did my mother. I stared in complete disbelief at them. Whereas my brother seemed to have lost the light in his eyes, there was not only recognition, but rage in my mother's. I knew what I had to do. She was too dangerous to be left alive. Who knew what she would have done to my father, the police, a judge? I didn't know the words to say. So with tears running down my face, I spoke them in English. Mom, pick up the gun and shoot yourself in the head. There were tears streaming from her own eyes now. Though whether they were from sadness or anger, I can never say. Once she did the deed, I told my brother to sleep, and he fell to the floor as well. Veronica found us just a few minutes later. I told the responding officers that my mom had hired someone to do the dirty work but that when she failed, she decided to finish things herself. I claimed that I had talked her out of it, but she was so overcome with grief and guilt that she took her own life instead. We all cried, 
and I consoled my family as best as I could. I knew they could never know. I took the journals and the family book and burned them in a wooded area. I don't know if any of my mother's extended family know about the book or have the gift, but I'm not worried about them coming after me. I am better than them at this, after all. Thank you for joining me in this episode of the Nope Too Creepy Podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. If you're interested in learning more about the author, as death beckons, links to connect with them can be found in the show notes. People, they've got a lot of stories on their Reddit page, so you will not be disappointed. Go show them some love. Until next time, this is your host, Dan David, reminding you all to stay safe out there. I'll be seeing you in the next episode. Nope.